0: Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your code. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from, and where did it? Welcome everybody to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell, and I am joined once again by the brilliant and powerful Tom Luango. What's up, Tom? How you doing? Man?
1: Oh, I'm good, man. I just, I, uh, God, it's never, it, it, it never ceases to embarrass me when somebody gives me a, a, that kind of an intro. So I do appreciate it. it, it really, I'm dead, dead serious, man. It's just, it's just so not. Hey, I am in the you, same camp. You, I'm just doing my thing, and like, oh, people must like it, and I'm, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Dude, I I had you on like six or seven months ago, and within days of me having you on, I'm getting told by people that I need to have Tom Luongo on, and I was like, ah, uh, I just had him. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, your 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 fans are are uh,
1: <laughs>
0: voracious. They they want, they, well, they, want
1: they, to- they they really are. They're good people. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, of course. I, what am I gonna say? Um, well, I think it's that you know. I think I don't know I mean we we've worked really really hard uh, as a community to um, to make our voice heard and we've overcome almost every obstacle thrown at us I can tell you that like the amount of shadow banning and you know and algorithmic suppression and all the rest of it's been just unbelievable over the last six years and it's very very clear that it's been that way and it's you know is but i just look at it it's just part of the course it is just what you do and if you do good work eventually it'll get through and you know that's fine so
0: exactly well i mean your your thesis has been one that has uh uh kind of lit a flame much controversy especially amongst the uh austrian camp you and i kind of went through the the basics of it so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. kind of um, refer people to that episode if you want to kind of get the backdrop to it go go check that episode out but uh, I think that there's been a, a lot of new developments that are worth digging into and seeing what your read of things are uh, obviously the Federal Reserve has has not refer, reversed course on the interest rates they they have I think they have slowed slowed the amount of increasing uh, or, or at least the pace of it as of late. And sure. it's it seems as if most people are expecting there to be one more rate hike and then for them to hold steady. Uh, what's your expectation on, on that front?
1: Um, prepare to be disappointed. Mm. Um, and I mean, and and I'm arguing now with, you know, with people who I respect a lot. I mean, just metaphorically speaking, arguing, you know, I'm. You know, this is a this is a long form conversation that's happening in multiple rooms at the same time. Everybody's doing their interviews and everybody's doing their thing. Um, but you know, I I don't think Powell's done enough yet because I don't see the European Union as a smoking ruin mm-hmm. politically or economically yet. I'm sorry, he's not done. Um, if he wants to protect the f- private formation of capital, you know, through what is clearly now a communist struggle session. Over climate change uh, and a shame-based monetary system. This is my new talking point, uh, as opposed to a collateral-based talking, you know, monetary system built on you know real assets and human toil. No, 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 not human toil. Human shame is what mm. they want. That's what carbon credits are. Mm-hmm. Like once you once once you realize that that's what the the fight is here, and that's what this is all about, and then you have to realize that Powell represents those guys. They represents the guys that for better or for worse, whether you like them or you don't like them, whether you agree with their past or, or agree with how they've made their billions. They still believe in the private formation of capital. They may be, they may believe in the state assisted private formation of capital. They may be corporatists, you know, by any strict definition of the term or, you know, right. and even loose definition of the term, no argument. and No, but they're still better than the freaking commies over in Europe. Right. who don't believe in the private formation of capital all? they want to replace that with a purely public shame-based system C- call it a social credit system call it a we'll call it whatever you want but it's about values a values-based economy it's not about um you know it's not about a work-based economy and any austrian you know who argues with me about this turn gets to turn in his freaking credentials card to the girl at the door I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. I would rather be ruled by Jamie Diamond than Klaus Schwab. If I have to be ruled by somebody because that's the world I live in, not mm-hmm. the world I want. I'm not advocating for this. Right. But if I have to be if I have to bow down to somebody, I'd rather bow down to Diamond at the very least cuz he's gonna build oil wells and let me have a freaking let me have a pickup truck that I like. As <laughs> right. opposed to Klaus Schwab who's like, "No, you will eat bugs and live in a pot."
0: I don't think I've ever I've ever dug uh deeper with you on this front. Is there is the fight between kind of the World Economic Forum and the Federal Reserve so like the European the European banking institutions, the um the shame based economy, are they are they are they aware that the Federal Reserve is battling them? Oh, okay. oh yeah. Okay, you think you
1: think like for I I mean, I would assume like, oh my god, he's gonna pivot next week, he has to pivot next week, don't you understand? He must pivot, he'll never make it past one percent. If he doesn't pivot, it's going to be terrible (laughs) for the world. I'm like, oh my god, how many times do I have to hear pivot? Like, I'm done with the word, it's like pivot might as well be a four letter word. (laughs) Like, you know, seriously, like these people said, every time Powell raised rates, oh, he's got to pivot, he's got to pivot, he's not going to pivot. So, I mean, so he's going to hike, it, hike. I mean, do you think well, that the he's going to, well, okay, Clint, just let's stop. Sure. I don't know that he's going to hike again or not hike again. Okay. He's going to stay with the data, but the data is pretty clear that he, and he's made it abundantly clear that he doesn't think inflation is going to moderate in a structural sense back down to their 2% target, which nobody in this room should agree with, but those are the rules of the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas Krugman's out there saying he might have to go to 3 or 4% or whatever. And it's just nonsense. Until 2025. Until the middle of 2025, we're not going to get back to a structural you know, underlying level of inflation that is 2% until the middle of 2025. So if you understand Wait, what, that- Why 25 that- well, I think that's what he says. I mean, that's what he's oh, saying. I don't know. Okay, it could be twenty twenty six. It could be twenty. He may be wrong about that, but it's sure. certainly not going to be twenty twenty four. And the reason for this is, I was writing about this the other day for my patrons, and um, the easiest way to, to 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 model what I'm thinking is think ripples in a pond. Okay, you drop you drop a rock into a pond, and you get ripples, and you get to see get a wave, you get and you get a decaying wave of ripples. Right, the 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 one, the first ripple that's out from the uh, out from the, the rock is the tallest, and then the next one after that, and then and then they, and that's a damp. That's what's called a dampening oscillation, right? And if you look at it, you know, as a as a sound wave, it's a dampening oscillation. Anybody's ever looked at a, you know, uh, at you know, at a at a vocal track in audacity knows exactly what I'm talking about. So I want you to think of it in those terms, okay? COVID was a excuse me. COVID was the rock in the pond. Last year's inflation was the first round of commodity cost push inflation due to the uh, disruption of supply chains and the disruption of the general economy. Right, and then then we hit the trough. We're in the trough now. Energy prices are starting to rise again. Commodity prices are starting to rise. The labor market so is still dislocated. Supply chains are things are still browning out all over the economy as things as capital tries to reorganize and into that. Powell raised interest rates five and a half percent in 15 months. Yeah. So, but that is, again, is about credit demand. Tamping, you know, trying to dampen down the oscillations of credit demand. Right. Which is a different form of inflation than commodity cost push inflation. So these two things don't really, you know, jibe. The monetary policy stuff is about wringing the excess credit, credit based leverage out of the the, the global dollar-based system. The inflation that Powell is knows he can't fight and just has to ride out the various waves of is in the commodity sector. Interesting. And for that reason, this is why he's been very, very, very clear. I'm not going to pivot. I'm not going... And if inflation returns at all, I am not going to encourage credit markets to think that i'm going to go back down to four percent or three percent or whatever i'm going to keep credit markets tight as possible because we have to wring out as much of this leverage as possible we have to undo the damage of 13 years worth of zerp and zerp zero uh, uh, bound interest rate policy and negative interest rate policy we have to get right. rid of all that do you understand how many trillions of dollars globally how our Colossally, if not drastically, horrifically mispriced? Of course, yeah. Uh, if, if you don't, I, I give hundreds you hundreds of trillions. I <laughs> give you two and a half percent on the German tenure. Right. I give you four and four a quarter percent on the Italian tenure. Anybody That's who true. thinks that Italian BTP, a tenured Italian BTP, should be trading at four and a quarter percent should have his head examined. <laughs> it should be trading at 14.25 <laughs> percent in any rational collateral based world.
0: No, I agree, so, um, and that well,
1: and that's and I think that's the thing that everybody's wrestling with, and everybody's trying to be right as to when Powell's going to pivot because they want to be the next guy to be right so that they can sell subscriptions or whatever. I don't give a shit about being right. I I care about being right. I don't care about subscriptions. They if I'm right, they take care of themselves. If I'm wrong, exactly. and I admit that I'm wrong, they also take care of themselves. That's right. right. This right. is not about my ego. This is about what's happening, even though well, my ego is colossal.
0: Why Why do you think <laughs> why Why do you think that they uh they waited so long uh, to... Inc- well, first off, I, I don't remember, when did Jerome Powell take Fed Chair position? Do you know the year?
1: Uh, yeah, it was in 2017.
0: 2017, right. okay. Yeah. And, and he didn't begin this hiking process until... Or late
1: 2017, yeah.
0: Yeah, until 22. So he was in there for five years with essentially Zerp. Well, oh, go ahead. Seems like you so have he did, commentary so already. So, Yellen
1: started to raise rates right before she left, and she put it off for a year and a half because she was never inten- she never intended to raise rates. Powell started to raise rates, and in 2019 had to had to go back down because that's when the market broke. We got right. the repo crisis in in um in September 2019. Miraculously, six months later, we got COVID.
0: Yeah. When, well, he, when he was going
1: to when he was going to start raising rates again back yeah, in let, March.
0: Let's expand upon that because uh, you know this has been a thesis that a lot of people have had that that perhaps uh, the the COVID, which I, I think most people are willing to acknowledge, was uh, created in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and whether or not it was leaked intentionally uh, was and uh, granted, Fauci and Eco Health Alliance uh, through so, NIH was funding that research. to, uh, are we are we of the uh, belief that that this was intentional or was it just capitalized upon to get him to reverse course in terms of the interest rate hiking cycle? Like, I, I don't know.
1: I, I, I firmly believe that. Um, and I've been saying this for years, but for over two years now though, like COVID was the means by which to ensure that Powell never got back off this negative bound or the zero bound. And I've tried to explain this in ways to make people to, to get it in that the reason in the past that Powell's had to pivot when the banking sector got into trouble, okay, was because of the debt indexing issues, right? We were still on a international focused debt indexing rate known as LIBOR, London Interbank mm-hmm. Offer Rate. LIBOR is set by 17 out of 18 London-based banks and pretty much cares, you know, it cares about the euro dollar system, what's known as the offshore dollar system. And that's where LIBOR is focused it's not it doesn't care about the american banking system okay what it does but any pain that exists in the offshore dollar system gets translated on when everybody's writing their mortgages and their credit revolvers and their credit card debt and everything else are all based in their helix are all based on LIBOR right the european banks get in the trouble for example then the american banks have to you know they functionally as a, fun, as a just contract. This is just basic contract law. Sure. Your mortgage is LIBOR. Is a, your adjustable rate mortgage is LIBOR plus three and a half percent. If right. LIBOR blows out to 7%, your mortgage goes up to ten and a half percent. This yep. is, it's programmatic. It doesn't matter whether your bank is in trouble or not. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether your bank has an impaired balance sheet or not, or it's Texas ratios, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. It goes mm-hmm. up. And so when that happens, that forces the fed back to pivot. Back to this back to lower and lower rates. And that's the history of the dollar reserve standard. Going back to the 1950s, is why Bretton Woods fell down. It's why Nixon had to close the gold window. It's why Volcker had to had to, had to do what he did for a short period of time. And then from there, pff, it was a big race to the bottom. Once we mm-hmm. get to the bottom, you can't, you either stay there, which is what they've been arguing, globalists, commies, do away with the private formation of capital by keeping everybody, keeping everybody in entranced with bad ideas at the zero bound, where money is free, so leverage is infinite. Or we can start raising rates again. But in order to do that, you've got to decouple. The real decoupling is not the American economy from China, as the neocons would like us to believe, as the as the Mitt Romney bots and you know the the, the 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 inheritors of John McCain want us to believe. It has nothing to do with that. The real Split has to do with the the American banking system is now indexed to the secured overnight funding rate, which is a domestic rate collateralized by honest to god overnight transactions in the repo markets here in the United States. It has nothing to do with what's going on over in Europe. And I can tell you that I have been I've been screamed at by people on Twitter. I've had e- dozens of emails sent to me. This was all part of the plan. The LIBOR was was corrupt, and they were getting rid of it. Like no this was never part of the plan. And if it was part of the plan the whole purpose the it, it wasn't that Libor was going to be replaced with SOFR, the Libor was going to be replaced with something worse like Eurobor or whatever it was. Mm. And it was the introduction of SOFR by Powell after he after he was nominated and, and put in his Fed chair and then John Williams was put in at the head of the very powerful all powerful New York Fed. Mm. That's and that was done on a 5-year rollout basis. And by, okay and when the repo crisis of 2019 happened the SOFR market wasn't mature because it hadn't been fully rolled out yet. Mm-hmm. Like we were still, you know, we were still switching everything over. By 2022, however, SOFR is now the law of the land for all new debt in the United States. The sofa the, the, and the blowout in volume on SOFR, the three month SOFR futures contract, killed the Euro dollar futures contract in less than 12 months.
0: Hmm.
1: By, by, Jan- by April of this year, well, by October of last year, the CME, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, said, you know, put in practice, we will be ending Euro dollar futures contract uh, trading because there's no volume left. It had been replaced by SOFR. And the Euro dollar system was the Euro dollar futures contract was tied to LIBOR. Mm-hmm. SOFR killed LIBOR in 10 months once it was made the law of the land. So the Fed did its job. And then right. once that was in place, now when Powell started to raise rates, he didn't have to pivot. Why? Because we have a American banking system that is pricing risk far differently and everybody else has to take their cues from us as opposed to us having to take our cues from them. For, for, For most of our lives and most of the life of the Libertarian Party and the modern American Libertarian movement, we have lived under a Federal Reserve that was not in control of its own monetary policy. And yet the Fed took all of our program rightfully as a general critique of central banking, right. but wrongfully based on the fact that it was the Fed as the most powerful one, but the Fed wasn't actually acting for us. The euro dollar system as it has, has existed up until, well, frankly, 2021 was only, uh, was only capable of existing. This is where I'll go toe to toe with Jeff Snyder any day of the week. I don't give a shit because he's wrong. That it was only ever right it was only ever capable of sustaining itself as long as the Fed played along. Mm. You had to have a compliant Fed in order to make the system work. Well, once the Fed starts acting like the, the central bank of the United States as opposed to the central bank of the world, what a shock. Globalism runs into problems. Yeah. So th- I'm this the papers is papers over here for fuck's sake. It's not that hard.
0: <laughs> so, the, I mean, I think it's fair to say what you're describing is a financial seven, 1776 it's yeah. like it's it like there really the, is. It's like declaration yeah, of independence. Yeah, the the US central banking institutions are declaring their independence from the European ones.
1: Yes. And okay. and look, look, remember, I've said this I don't know, I've said this on so many podcasts. I, I I know the people who watch me will get will roll their eyes. He's gonna say it again. Look, the European colonies have won the European old colonial powers have wanted their colonies back since the day after Cornwallis surrendered to Yorktown. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what was the what was the war of eighteen twelve about? Who backed who created the who created the Southern secession? Who who amplified and created the Southern gaslit the Southerners into seceding in uh in the war, in the quote unquote recent unpleasantness, otherwise known as the American Civil War, otherwise known as Lincoln's War to save Northern Railroad bankers from themselves. Uh, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's got a name for it. We can get down here in the South call it the recent unpleasantness. So I mean it there's any different there's 18 different ways to look at the uh at the us quote-unquote civil war which was nothing of the sort obviously it was a war of secession Mm -hmm. but one of them was that it was being that it was yet another you know british false flag operation to break the country up to break the us up in order to get their colonies back and so from that perspective, even though I'm a good Floridian now, and I say, "Yep, yeah, Lincoln was a tyrant," I'm also like, "Yeah, but." Interesting, and that, I, you know,
0: that is fascinating. Yeah, to think but, about.
1: yeah, and it's it's hard to think about because Lincoln is 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 excoriated within the liberta- libertarian community, and you're not wrong to do so <laughs> right. on points of philosophy, but yeah. on points of practicality in the geopolitical milieu of the world you <laughs> live, not the world you want. History is never quite that simple.
0: Yeah, it's 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 more complicated than it, um, you know, just a philosophical analysis. That's fascinating. I, I had never really considered it in that in that lens, so I'll have to. I've had,
1: I, I mean, I had to sit down and I had to like have a real long look in the mirror on this one.
0: You yeah, I mean? well, I would Seriously. imagine. I mean, I mean, it's a, at the time the it's the bloodiest, bloodiest. I think it may have been the bloodiest war in in human history at the time, if not. Yes. I mean, certainly the bloodiest civil war, six hundred thousand plus dead. It's it's insane. So. And, um, you know, and you know, and you know damn a high, well it was a it, high price,
1: right? And you know damn well that the British aristocracy was sitting there back on, like, Mister Burns going, "Excellent." Of what do course. you call? What do you call half a million dead Americans fighting over swampland in, in in South Carolina? A right. good start. Oh look! At, oh look! What's happening in Ukraine? Yeah, what do you yeah, call yeah. a half million? What do you call three hundred thousand dead Slavs fighting over swampland in southern Ukraine? Again, same people, same reaction. A good yep. start. These people yep. are evil, dude.
0: Yeah. And we have to
1: realize that sometimes the order of operations and how we extricate ourselves from their control matters. Never lose sight of the prize. We want liberty. But understand that how you get there matters. And just walking in and, you know, like a bunch of eight like a bunch of seventeen year old boys going, I just tear it all down. Yeah. No. All you're no. doing is feeding the beast at that point because these people have these people are, are are goading you into it. They're literally goading us into civil war in this country. And I'm telling everybody over and over again, don't be gaslit by morons. These they're they're literally trying to gaslight you into a war for secession again, 150 years later. Don't do it. Don't don't fall for it. We will subjugate California. We will subjugate Washington. We will subjugate New York. Or they can leave. <laughs> right right um, they can I, leave and then we're going to say you know what no we already fought one of these wars you get to stay you get to take our rules california as opposed to you getting your getting your orders from fucking Klaus Schwab and then trying to export them to the rest of us oh by the way that's why the fed that's why the fight over the fed is so interesting because it's literally the new york fed fighting the san francisco fed and who's and that's Janet Yellen's bailiwick babe that's mm. all those banks that failed earlier in the year. Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, they're all San Francisco banks. By the way, they were all bought by a New York bank. Mm. Every one of them. All their bad <laughs> assets were written down to zero, and all their good assets were transferred to New York banks. Point Powell. Yeah, that was the, that's like that's like Bernard from the corner with a three pointer, dude. That's like. I, I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm if I'm channeling Marv Albert in an old Knicks podcast, like, that's Bernard from the corner. Like from you know, downtown. I mean, like, dude, yeah, exactly. I'm not even I'm, I, I even hate basketball. But, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, I'm well, trying to like getting good with the homies here, I guess. I don't yeah. Know, yeah.
0: yeah well, I'm, I'm a I'm a Lakers fan, so I, I can appreciate the metaphor. Um, All right. So the here's here's an interesting question for you. It seems to me, based off of my study of the or- origin story and implementation of the ESG DEI practices, mm. it has com- come through the UN, come through the World Economic Forum, kind of mm. been a, a European uh, or non-American non phenomenon sure. to a large extent, Where where I get confused, and I hope you can help me clear this up. The, the Federal Reserve and the, I mean, I don't know if it was the Federal Reserve, but certainly the federal government has turned towards BlackRock when it comes to their, uh, their bailout programs during COVID. They've been very, uh, they've had a very positive relationship with BlackRock. BlackRock has been probably, if not almost certainly, the biggest proponent of ESG on the, the global financial market. Um, so Why? Why would they have a good relationship with BlackRock, given that they seem to be propagating what I would imagine Powell and company would be in opposition towards, which is this shame economy?
1: Well, um, have you noticed that BlackRock is now trying to divest itself of VSG? I've
0: I've heard them giving lip service to it. I don't know if it's true, but yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I it, I mean, there's a lot like there's a, there's a lot happening here where nothing turns on a dime like this, right? Um. Larry Fink, I I remember when I first started this, I remember people saying to me, oh, your fault. Powell met with Larry Fink eight times in the last 12 months. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And why do you believe that it was Larry Fink making Jerome Powell kiss the ring? You think it's the other way around? Why don't you? Excuse me, but, you know, why do you think it's... if, If DEI and ESG are such good ideas... They're able to survive five and a half percent interest rates then, in, aren't they?
0: Yeah. I don't they're think not. so. They're
1: not. And that's the point. Like the yeah. proof is in the policy. It's in the actions that have been taken. And so the act and so the so the policy is very simply, I'm just gonna flip the script on you and ask you the question. Why do you believe that Powell would be genuflecting the Larry freaking think? When I got news for you, having talked to Daniel Di Martino Booth about this, I brought this up to her when I had her on my podcast, and she said, Oh, by the way, think has no friends left on Wall Street. Because he's oh, betrayed them all. Every single one of them. In, so, in, ter-
0: in terms of bucking ESG, or in going along with it? Oh or no! In an, terms an of another... in
1: terms of doing what the the, the WEF has wanted, and uh, like and and undermining corporate boards and undermining this and under like, like, up, like voting our proxies and everything else. Like, no, like, think can't get anybody on the phone anymore.
0: Oh, that's fucking so, great to hear.
1: Oh yeah, no, it, absolutely. Like BlackRock, I mean, and because I, I, I brought it up to, when I brought it up to Danielle, I said, you know, Danielle, I did a quick. And I did a quick balance sheet analysis of when um, she to started. To, the minute I started to do this, she's like, I could smile on her face. I didn't keep the video, but she started to <laughs> smile a little bit. And because and, she knew exactly where I was going with this. One. So, Danielle, you know, I kind of went through BlackRock's balance sheet, you know, just, on, you know, on a lark. Because I remember Martin Armstrong said something about BlackRock being in trouble, you know, about a year and a half ago. He, like, put up his, his, his 51, he put up his cycle on uh, analysis on BlackRock. He said, you should target BlackRock. He look at it. They may be at the peak of their power. I'm like, all right, I'll throw so about three months later, I'm like, I sat down for a market report for my patrons one morning. I said, you know, let's just kind of sit down and look at BlackRock. I went through and did a balance sheet analysis of BlackRock and I, I started stripping out all the the bullshit and the fluff from their back from their balance sheet. And I went, um, they don't have any shareholder equity. And she's hmm. like, hmm? I said this entire big pile of of power that they supposedly have when you strip out like goodwill and intangibles and other, and other bullshit from their balance sheet. And then, and, and like any good bank at this point, you can't even figure out what their actual, what their actual equity is because there's an other liabilities, um, line mm-hmm. item that varies anywhere from 30 to $40 billion a quarter. Wow and that's on when you, and then when you strip out goodwill intangibles there's only eight billion dollars left on the balance sheet they're a hedge fund or they're a fund manager that's all they are they don't actually make any money and they have all yeah they have a side consulting business but that's all that's all weft stuff because they've been stirred at their people into the court and by voting our proxy into the corporate boards of all these companies that are that are miraculously all self-immolating like in Bev and Disney and all these companies that we now all hate because they, you know, turned Snow White into a, you know, black chick and, you know, and <laughs> fucked with my Star Wars, man. Like, like, not that I might even buy that argument, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, remember, like, this is the thing I, I got everybody, I got to get everybody on board with here. BlackRock was absolutely freaking evil. And these Davos motherfuckers also control the purse strings that which projects get funded and which ones don't hollywood runs on debt dude like if yeah. you're angry about you know the way things are happening with your per your 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 various product you know things that you love be it star wars or this or that whatever it is sure all right realize that if the script isn't sufficiently woke then disney can't get the freaking loan oh yeah no i know to- Right, right. So this is the it's reality. A, it's, a, it's not.
0: It's not necessarily their their desire to continue to do this. It's kind of like, well, do you want the funding for the fucking project or don't you?
1: Yeah. Well, it gets even worse than that. When BlackRock is putting their thumb on the scale, and then it's the same thing with like, I get people yelling at me all the time. Like, why are you on Patreon, dude? Like, they censor and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I'll gladly give you money. Otherwise, I'm like, do you realize that how many times that Patreon was probably as a as a a company with forty seven people or something like that, and a, and a revenue stream of like five million dollars. Or five or six million dollars. Do you think Patreon has any real power? Yeah. Do no. you think Patreon was the one sitting there putting the th- you know getting rid of Sargon of Akkad and and Jordan Peterson and the rest of them? No. I mean, sure. Are so much of this is they get the opprobrium from us because we're angry at right. what they've done, but they didn't have any choice.
0: Yeah, they're they're reacting to the the top down pressure.
1: pressure. Right, and yeah. that pressure was that pressure is real. It's everywhere. It's pervasive, and it's everywhere. And oh, so yeah. now, when you see it coming from something like someone like Bofa, Bank of America, and they're like, you know, denying, uh, you know, shutting down accounts to gun owner gun dealers, that that, like Bofa, no, Bofa glows, dude. Like they're 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 so freaking Davos, it's not funny, mm. right? But when it comes to yeah, and you know, when it comes to this stuff, and then worse than this, this is the other thing you have to realize. I can make, I can sit here and do another hour and we can go through like the different factions that are fighting amongst themselves to say the top of the American government or what's happening in Ukraine. And I can do all the factional analysis and pull up my board game ret- met- metaphors that I always do and go, look, if you're the Atreides and you're the Harkonnens, you're going to get the guild and the emperor to fight themselves in order to, in order to come in and, and take over the spoils, right? If we're making a Dune metaphor. Um, but the reality is, is that that's happening within every one of these companies. Yeah. Okay. For example, Mary Erdos over at, uh, JP Morgan her and Jess Staley were the ones that were doing that were handling Jeffrey Epstein's accounts okay Jamie Diamond had no idea what was going on This is Jamie Diamond's job Jeffrey Epstein is worth what 500 million dollars like uh, at most and, and and you could even argue that he was ever worth that much money in the liquid cash that JP Morgan would have access to the guy was worth like, maybe what 30 to 40 million dollars right now, like, it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't rise to the level
0: of that, Jamie Diamond's analysis with
1: Diamond, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that, guy, that guy has no ability to even get into a room with Diamond. Yeah. So but Diamond is going to be as the CEO is going to be the, the point man on this. So when the Epstein lawsuit comes out against Diamond in Puerto Rico uh, with an Obama judge, what a shock. Like, how many in this community, in the libertarian community, fell for the whole Epstein diamond angle as opposed right. to saying, oh, come on. This is the not, this is Davos nuts and sluts. one oh one, guys, <laughs> like I, I, you cannot see this. I've never and, heard that. You've never heard me use the term nuts and sluts before. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. i say, I think the rage and Cajun was an old comment. He came up with it ages ago, but yeah, it's all nuts and sluts, right? Whenever they want to get rid of somebody, it's either, you know, they're a sexual deviant or they're crazy. Right. Right, it's just that simple. So we can go all the way back to Dominique Strauss Kahn. Like I was supposed to be upset that when he was the head of the IMF and they wanted to replace him with Christine Lagarde, I'm like, I'm supposed to be upset that he banged a hot French maid? Yeah. Like really? I'm supposed to be upset about this?
0: Yeah. Like, now that that never rises to the level of my It <laughs> doesn't get my. I mean, I, cankles I mean
1: up. It, was, it, it would be one thing. it if, if if you know he banged an ugly french name that'd be one thing but this chick was hot like come on man i mean she if, was. He banged, if they had you know if it was christine lagarde that he banged I'd be like oh my god like, you know, all right you are you are both a nut and a slut um but
0: get this guy out of here well i, I wanted i wanted to ask you about the uh the presidential race uh, i i i'm curious if there are Is Donald Trump aware of this fight? Is there is there any like is Vivek Ramaswamy uh, the real deal or is he an insider? You know, wolf in sheep's clothing is. Are 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 there any presidential options that are legit contenders? Which I'd say there's maybe four that actually know what the hell's going on.
1: Okay, so let's start with Vivek Ramaswamy. Ready? Um, You get this one first, dude. He's H one B Obama. Okay, let's let's just. Let's just—that's uh, it. Hashtag H H1BO mom. Like that's what he would, who he is. At this. And and if you think otherwise, like his company doesn't make any money. He went to Yale. He took money from Soros. Yeah, he sued the WEF and won. Okay, <laughs> you know, I, come on. Like he's Rishi Sunak. He's Rishi Sunak two yeah. Trump, on the other hand, he does understand some of what's going on here. But remember, Trump also has many, many, many personal defects as a human being mm-hmm. and likes debt and, and still doesn't like Powell for undermining his recovery by doing, you know, that he his plan to remake America into a mercantilist power, a lot of the, you know, basically to, to do the British Empire thing here in the United States. And Powell was like, oh, no, we're not doing that either. Mm-hmm. like that got us into the trouble we're in today we're not doing that either he was very so to this day like none of them get it they and they all want to get rid of powell because they all are politicians that want the return to the zero balance so they can spend money on their projects right that has not changed yeah and the only one who's politically actually expedient austerity is is robert f Kennedy Jr.
0: yeah which is interesting uh because uh, you, you never know, you never well, it's interesting to me because you don't usually expect the Democrat side of the aisle to to be the one that's talking austerity in any regard.
1: Uh, do you think he's sincere? Yeah, but he's not really a Democrat. He uh, He's not a modern Democrat. Clint. No, of course. Of course not. He's a he's a he's like his uncle. Right. 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 Today, John F. Kennedy Jr. would be uh, he would be literally I uh, what Irish Hitler. <laughs> or sorry, Catholic Hitler because Catholic you know, and, because you know, he was remember it was a big deal that he was Catholic. Yeah, remember, I, fr- I forget that. Yeah. And, and I, you, know, you you, you know, I mean, even like Ike wasn't. I remember this one from from high school that you know we we talked about this. I remember this is you know, we actually we actually did social studies and American government class back then, um, saying that Ike was an atheist,
0: hmm.
1: and they're like, well, you can't run for president and, and be an atheist. So the joke was that he wrote down. They made him write down Presbyterian because that's like not really being, <laughs> really being anything anyway. Right. <laughs> they're Presbyterian. No offense to the Presbyterians in the audience, but I was raised Catholic. You know, I, I, I'm I, I'm neither any of that stuff anymore. But it's just funny. It was just. Funny. A funny follow story. up.
0: Quick follow up on uh, sure. on on Vivek because I've had him on the show. Uh, you know, he's a very impressive guy, incredibly gifted politician and speaker. I agree. Um, I, and I even said in in the in my post show after the interview with him that I just, I just
1: can't believe he's this good. <laughs> you know, like that, that was my takeaway. Cause it's H1B Obama or low rent Ron Paul. Like I, <laughs> I, I, and again, I am happy to be wrong about this. And sure. but I Me too. To, but everybody, but I just, I don't buy it. I think that, you know, he's straight from central casting.
0: Um, there's well, a very then, interesting here, 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 quick, quick question yeah, though, exactly. because uh, it, like I know he was he was listed as a young global leader he he alleges that that categorization was done without any sort of like sure. tests or you know he didn't go to some school and and get right. schooled up on how to become this speaker or any of this stuff um that his rhetoric uh what what blows me away is not not the scripted speeches that you could expect obama or anybody else to give where they actually have cuts and he can he can work on it hey, i saw him doing q and a's with the audience and he and he responds with such a devastating blow to the dei esg framework sure. and and you know basically describes it as i said earlier about like how this is a our own economic 1776 and I, it's just it's just hard to fake. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just really hard to fake that level of understanding and then pivot and make it sound appealing to people like you and I. Like how the yeah, fuck are you doing? But you
1: see but you see uh, all that stuff is irrelevant when he gets to foreign policy. Yeah. Because foreign I, policy is I, indistinguishable I, and I, and I like from everybody else on the Republican stage. Yeah. I mean well, there's a great meme going for around of him arguing with Nimrata and it, well look, it's two it's two Indians arguing over how much money we should be sending to Israel. <laughs> yes
0: i know that i was very disappointed to see that and then he came out yesterday and said uh you know taiwan i'm the only candidate on the republican side that's willing to say i will militarily defend taiwan and i'm like oh fuck here we go yeah yeah Uh, that's
1: exactly right they see they'll always get this is the thing they'll always get you with what you want to hear on one side of the equation and then remind you so so vivek is absolutely straight and central casting from the british side of the Equation. That was what I was mm. just about to get to. Like I said, I, I, I'm not kidding when I say Rishi Sunak 2, 2.0. There's mm. a very one of the interesting things geopolitically is the role of India, right? And I'm not going to go into very deep, very deep, very deep on this. But one of the things I've been banding around, we've been banding around within my my community privately, has been the role of India and how India seems to be the of all the BRICS nations and now BRICS plus six. Um, the ones, you know, with a foot on both islands, both in the east and in the west at the same time, right? Modi has always, you know, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has always been, always played, you know, everybody off against each other. And that's fine. That's the best way, of course, to get the most from both sides, right? Erdogan over in Turkey is is a master at this. But at the same time, the one of the things that was brought up to me, um, both from... Um, um, some members of my community who are who are Westerners, but also from um, who who are of Indian extraction, they said mm-hmm. the same thing, which is that there's a lot of the Indian aristocracy, and again, I'm, I'm using a very broad term here, and I know it's more complicated than this. Sure. That were never happy with the British rule ending. That mm. they, you know, there's still a lot of those people, and that's the vestiges of that are still very very um, prevalent in Indian politics and Mm -hmm. those individuals and those factions within Indian politics have a home in city of London Mm -hmm. and in MI6 and at 10 Downing street. And you have to understand that the British, I know people get on my case about this and they think that the British are just a bunch of buffoons that make Monty Python, but they're not. They still have tremendous influence and they're using every ounce of what they have left to, in order to maintain their position at this point. And so I look at a guy like Vivek, and I look at Sunak, and I look at the rest of them. I'm like, I'm not saying that Vivek is 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 WEF. This is, it gets into this factional thing. It's clear that there's a British faction within the WEF. There's also a clear British, U.S., Polish, neoconservative kill all freaking russians faction.
0: Mm.
1: Kill-all-Chinese mm-hmm. faction. Mm-hmm. That's the Victorian Newland faction. That's that, you know, for lack of a better term, the Khazari Mafia thing. That's yeah. the Ukrainian Diaspora and all of that stuff. So yeah, Robert those Kagan. are not the same factions. They want war. They understand that the only way they're going to maintain their, with the vestiges of their empire, is the fight a global war against you know the dirty slavs and the dirty chinese mm. <laughs> whereas the 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 wefers think that they can do this from the top down and yeah. and protect their and protect their fortress europe at the same time and if anything that assails their fortress europe that's that's what gets the wef's real ire that's why Powell is their that is their is their bad guy but at the same time you have you know you have this you have these neoconservatives that are and these these freaking warmongers that they're not the same people and in many ways the the the, the web has always davos whatever you want to call them have manipulated you know the neocons into doing their bidding by getting the united states to do dumb shit around the world blowing up brown people and invading them for you know looking at us cross-eyed and all the rest of it this is not it's not
0: hard to get them to do that
1: (laughs) and it's not they're the easiest people in the world to manipulate oh you want us to go kill russians right iranians okay cool and then they you know they bring john bolton out and they put him on national television and and they give him an audience like it's not hard okay so understand that so much of this is it's not one big club it's yes. factions within the big club and they're all fighting amongst themselves and i look at David and i say oh he's clearly the british raj
0: hmm. well Faction. The, and here's
1: here's you know, the, and same the, thing the, with the nimrata and the same thing with you know sunak and all the rest of them and they're yeah, everywhere well, and you go look they're all of a sudden indian beta males are everywhere in politics it's kind of like german women <laughs> the factional splits are—it's—it's it's almost clear you can just define it that way. So well, got- it,
0: it seems—it seems counter uh, to your thesis that that Vivek. I mean, it, it could just be lip service, granted, but the fact that he has made his antagonism towards the World Economic Forum, and but more specifically, he spent years advocating against ESG. Do you think he's mm-hmm. sincere in that, at least?
1: Oh, sure. Because okay. I can see. Because look at it. Look at it this way. These people are the brick the the neocons don't care about the neocons are smart enough to realize that you need a collateral based economy okay Okay? they understand so so they're they're in the powell camp interesting in that in that respect right yes but it's not but again powell's on his own is powell's a different faction altogether okay sure but they i mean they have again it's like a Venn diagram of shifting alliances and there's at least three or four factions and at times they overlap in various ways. And then and then the game board changes a little bit because what's clear, what's happening now is that the WEF is trying to make us believe that we don't need collateral to run a monetary system. So that's why the push towards DEI and ESG as a governing principle. And I, so from that perspective, if Vivek is a neocon or at least attached with the british raj you know faction of of global fuckers who want to control everything at the very least then they understand that you can't do this without oil so they're the ones that you know yeah they want to open up the british north slope and sell that back to 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 europe and you know they're the you know, I, you know and they'll back Brexit on one day and then they won't back Brexit on the next day like it's this is the way this works everything for them is a tactic how do I get to russia Mm-hmm. because they need all of Russia's collateral. Right. And that collateral is the oil, the gas, the, the right. uranium, the this, the that all of it. They want it all. And yeah. they understand that the Russians are the only other, and they've known, understood this for 300 years. And it's been part of British foreign policy for 300 years. Right. And I went over this in a two hour podcast. I did with Richard Poe on my podcast a couple of months ago. And he went into some of this, just some of it. I could have easily have Richard on for another six hours and, and talk about this stuff. Um, but Br- the British have understood that the only other empire that was their rival was the Russians. And so the Russians had to be killed. And for the British Empire to, ex- to and even the vestiges of it, to um, survive into the end of the 21st century, it's to get rid of the Russians. Because if wow. you get rid of the Russians, then the entire BRICS and Global South will then fall back under... In their thinking will fall back under their spell. But if you look at what happened with the BRICS summit this week or last week, it wasn't the gold back national, the gold back trade settlement currency and all that. That was all bullshit. that's coming, but that's five, seven, eight years from now. That's gonna be that's gonna happen bit by bit. What was really important were the six freaking countries that they added. Now we always knew they were gonna add Iran because the iron BRICS has been Iran for a long time now.
0: Hmm
1: for all intents and purposes. Again, go back to the whole India not wanting to commit to either side, and into that, Iran's been, uh, Russia and China have been building up Iran, and they put hundreds of billions of dollars into Iran. Hmm. Iran, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Ethiopia, the UAE, that's uh, Dubai and Abu Dhabi, and then Argentina, but focus on the first five. That's a shitload
0: of natural resources.
1: It's not just a serial of natural resources. It's everything you need to build a gold and logistical and oil supply chain right. financially in the Middle East. It's already being built. It's already happening in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. So why the UAE is so important. Okay. I, again, did a great podcast with um, on Palisades Gold Radio with Vince Launchy, where Vince and I go over all of this stuff, talking about you. in order to move a market from – one locality to another. And this let us talk about the gold trade. In order for that to happen, you have to build the entire infrastructure around gold trading in that area. It means you have to have vaults, and you got to have clearing houses, and you got to have exchanges, and you got to have currency exchange rates, and you got to have the banks, and you got to have this, and you got to have all of these things, and you got to have the logistics to move this up around. Blah, blah 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 blah. All that has to get built over time. And so China has that in Hong Kong. They have it in Singapore. Okay they're building it in Dubai it's almost practically built in Dubai the russians are now wanting to build the same systems in moscow okay and that bleeds the the and that will eventually bleed the volumes off of the manipulated exchanges in london zurich and chicago and it'll move there so you can't have a multi-currency trade settlement currency system like they're talking about. And again, it will be just trade settlement. It will not be, you know, building up each other's reserves. It won't. It won't be. It's the same system. It'll be an old mercantilist system of gold will move around from account to account and deal with each other's trade imbalances. But that's and that's it. Yeah. Well, and that'll get digitized. But you have, in order for that to happen, you have to have the whole infrastructure built. Right. And that's and so that's going to take gone. time. And that's going to take time. And so we add Iran, Saudi Arabia, now Egypt. Now you've got Ethiopia. Once you've got the Russians with port access into both Djibouti and Eritrea. So now, and with the end with Saudi Arabia and Iran opening up normalizing relations and opening up embassies with each other and the war in Yemen is now ended. Oh, look, Putin ended the war in Yemen. Practically ended the war in Syria. Now Now we have the BRICS in control of the BRICS, not the British. The bricks in control of the Suez Canal and the the the, the, the Gulf of Aden at the bottom mm-hmm. of the Red Sea. Wow! And now you've got Bandar Abbas, the port of Chabahar in the south of Iran, outside of the Persian Gulf. Now all of a sudden, U.S. naval positions in that area are more than we than we have the ability to handle. Which is now now start looking at how the Chinese are going to build up um, Myanmar. In order to be a port north of the Straits of Malacca, where so Singapore is not as important, and the Straits of Malacca aren't as important, I'm, I'm telling you this is all part of their plan, and you can see it all happening.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a fascinating analysis of it, and and very very eagle eye to see all of that. Um,
1: and they're just very simply going ahead with their plans, sure. and then. And then a month earlier, Putin has 30 African nation leaders in you know, St. Petersburg or Moscow. And amazingly enough, five days later, Niger says to, says to France, oh yeah, uh, we're calling your bluff as to whether or not you're going to invade us or not. Yeah. If Niger, for example, imagine if, Niger, if the French actually go to Niger to try and oust the junta with as angry as Africans are at the French no matter how good the french foreign legion is and the french military is and don't in any way manner shape or form fall for the neoconservative cheesy surrender monkey bullshit right, the right, french right. are good at war oh and yeah the french foreign legion this is i'll put them up against wagner group or any russian mercenaries or blackwater or anybody else in the world they're good but if they go in against a hostile population that is looking to kill frenchmen they're all going to get heads on pikes
0: yeah it's going to be ugly I agree. Uh, do you think? I mean, it, it was also the uh, the folks in Niger, I forget who, who it was, but he told uh, Victoria Newland to go on a diet or something like that. I was like, "Damn, dude, you're telling you're telling Warhawk uh, Empress <laughs> that she needs to go on." A diet. So, Caris, these Nuland dudes are ready for war. Cheer to
1: speak to the manager. They were not having you any know, of that. He's like, like, "Yeah." Um, why don't you go fuck yourself, we'll call even. Oh, Exactly. My God, dude. I'm going now. I, but, now you got me going I'm doing accents, bad accents. Right <laughs> Holy
0: shit! I, I, I loved it though. It, it made me very happy to hear anybody tell was, Victoria Nulley to kick rocks because you, yeah, yeah, okay. you know you know she it, wherever she goes she's the grim reaper of neoconservative foreign policy. Like that, it's there's probably some sort of invasion or or at least financial armaments and shit that are coming in. So yeah, like, that was she interesting.
1: Went to, she went to South Africa right before the um. I, I, the, it wasn't before the BRICS summit. It was before the. uh It was another um, moment. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, and, I remember too. She went like, down to South Africa to, to scold them in July, and right, and they all told her to go fuck herself. And so then she had to go run over to Niger, and then they told they slammed the door in her face. Like it was, <laughs> it was a you know it was a sight to behold. And then I think I think then, people
0: are starting to catch on.
1: Yeah, and that but at the same time, like then Pergosian gets you know downed in a plane crash a few days later, and you're saying to yourself okay um Mm. yeah because like this is you know i don't think that you you think
0: that was you think that was us
1: i don't know who it was but i can make an argument like at this point Pergosian's death feels like the end of act one in a hercule Poirot movie where you're (laughs) looking around and there's 12 people this and they all have a good Alibi. They all have a good, you know, mo for killing this guy.
0: Right, 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 right. Putin,
1: the Americans, the British, the this one. Everybody's got an angle. Right. So I could, I could sit here for half an hour and spin out, you know, tall tales, you know, off the top of my head, and they'd all be, you know, reasonably valid. So I'm right. not going to do so. What I'm going to yeah. say is,
0: I have no clue. Everybody had
1: had a um, um, a reason. Animative. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I, I think, yeah, I think but, you know, a lot of people were were thinking that perhaps. The alleged coup by Purgosin was uh, an effort via Putin or or a directed, um, Mm -hmm. you know, effort by putin to basically mislead so that he could reorient troops uh during the counter offenses from the ukrainians and right. and if that's the case then i could see an argument that it would be the u.s or the brits that that wanted to see purgoz taken out plus it has the double incentive of hey now this look how bloodthirsty putin is he took out his mercenary <laughs> you know
1: like like well, oh now we, they now they we care about Perosians. mercenaries yeah but not only taking out proroshny you took out like two or three you took out like three or four of the top leaders in wagner and so wagner was making noises yeah. about going and, and and supporting in this year and you know right. remember that the the key to look, the key to newland understanding newland at this point is to understand the following there was a we've talked about the i know everybody talked about the gas pipeline coming up from you know through nigeria up through and then from from there i don't know my 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 uh North African geography that well, and then up to sure. what, Morocco or whatever, and then into Italy. The important thing is that the thing was going to go through, going to go through there and into Italy. Okay, the Americans have a hundred bases, or we Americans have over a hundred bases in Italy. Okay, wow, Italy is is incredibly important, and Georgia Maloney, the current supposed, you know, supposedly. Betraying a center right wing populist from the Brothers of Italy, um, again she's in a very difficult position as well. She's being betrayed on all sides. If you think the American deep state is evil, well, God knows that they learn it from the Italians.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Italian deep state mafia shit is hundreds of years old. She's got the she's got them. She's got the EU, and she's got the Americans. So look. In order to keep Maloney on side with the... Look, like, why would why would Newland want to blow up Nord Stream in order to make things terrible for the Germans? Because, well, you think the deal was? Blow up Nord... I mean, this is part of it. Blow up Nord Stream, and we're going to bring in an oil pipeline in through Italy, and we're ah. going to produce... And we're going to pump up the Italians at the expense of the Germans. Okay? Because we have a... and And... As an and as an Italian, I'm like yes, absolutely, all day, every day, please. Like right. no, no love lost between Italians and Germans, folks. And I and I and I mean that with love. Right. But, 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 at the same time, Maloney is trying to stay in power as much as possible, and the only way she stays in power is by having the U.S. military on her side. Mm. so this is why she has given lip service to supporting ukraine but then yep. she sends a whole bunch of italian you know the, it's like the joke about the old it- it- italian submarines you know i how do you sink an italian submarine you either open up the screen doors you put it in water right well it's the same thing with <laughs> italian fighting vehicles and their rifles and all the rest of it like right? she sent them their junk right, right, right like this is the stuff even the italians were like oh that was a bad idea here you go you can have some of those yeah like, yeah she yeah. sent stuff that didn't work she sent She dragged her feet about everything. And this is, that was your tell that Maloney is trying as best as possible to keep everybody, to keep all the balls juggled, all the balls in the air until somebody finally gets control over the situation in Europe. And she's just trying to outlast the crazy. And then when the, when the thing, when the ball, when somebody's finally drops the ball. Right. That's when she can make her move. Gotcha. That's when it will be the Bank of Italy and the Italians who say, you know what, I'm out of the EU. And she doesn't get a chance to do that if she doesn't have the Americans on American military on her side. And I'm sure Victoria Nuland has, and the State Department has told her, well, then in order for that to happen, she needs to have the gas coming in from, more gas coming in from North Africa. Putin's probably would be willing to tell her the same thing, but she can't take, she has to, I mean, it's like you, she's got devils in both, on right. both sides of her. You have yeah. to pick a choice between one terrible devil versus the other, and frankly, in this case, you got to pick the neocon devil because it's slightly better than the right. unbelievable German communists who just want to steal all the physical infrastructure of Italy and put it under, you know, basically WEF control. Because we all can see what they did to the Greeks back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay, where they Makes literally so. sold all of the, the all of Greeks, Greece's, you know, infrastructure assets and trade assets. To the Germans in order to get debt restructuring, right? Yeah, and that's that what they pretty, did. And yeah, I know the it's Italians are not going along with that. That's not going to happen. So that makes sense.
0: Well, so, this is kind of this is kind of off board, but I, I, sure. I very very much want to ask it because you know I, I've I recently read uh, Scott Horton's yeah. new book, which isn't even released yet, called Provoked, mm-hmm. and it, it gives this entire you know thirty thirty year history of the fall of the u s s r all the way up to present day and how mm-hmm. this this war in Ukraine was very evidently provoked, and many in the state department and and American politics were very open about their concerns about the expansion of NATO and how this was inevitably going to come down to this showdown. What mm-hmm. I found interesting and what i I wasn't aware of until I read it was that uh both yeltsin and and putin had asked repeatedly to be added to nato and that they that putin in particular was like what do i have to do you know like i'm trying i'm trying here i'm trying to fucking work with you guys we ended the warsaw pact like we're doing all of these things as signs of good faith can can we just stop being perennial enemies why is it and this is my question for you why is it that these this even even the European banking cartel, the families there, the World Economic Forum, the Davos crowd. Why is it that it must be one of conquest as opposed to participation with the Russians? I just, I've just i never really understood it. Do you know because why?
1: The, because the the Russians want to... The, the price for the Russians is that they get to keep their culture. And that's not acceptable. That is not acceptable. Wow. Because culture is the... Because culture, if they retain their culture, eventually they will not submit interesting they it will not be a permanent arrangement and they know this so it requires Russian, conquest it, it requires conquest it requires the destruction of all kinds con- mean, that's the, if they look at their philosophy their philosophy is one of we must destroy borders we must destroy culture right it is our different cultures and our sovereign and the various tri- Then the tribalism of europe that created all the wars and we're gonna and we're gonna you know create the new soviet man mm-hmm. that's that simple and then there's and then there's you know old and then there's a lot of other stuff And, sure. I, and I, again, it's very I, complicated I, I, I purposefully do not speak of the elephant in the room on purpose so if you think that's me cucking out fine I'll wear it like a badge of honor because at least I'll be able to come on and talk about it talk about something else another day <laughs> so it's you know fill in the blanks with however it is you want to deal with any of this stuff but it's also that it, it's but it's only an angle on this
0: yeah yeah the thing no, I, it...
1: I i got to get everybody to realize is that that 800 pound gorilla in the room you know what jave chappelle called the two most important the two words in the english language you're not allowed to put together next to each other mm. right it's only one angle on this
0: it's no very it's very multifaceted thing. Yeah,
1: it's a very powerful angle because it is about people who have no ability to forgive. Mm. Interesting. Okay, and I'm not again, and that's not all. That's not even close to an axalt argument. It's a very, very small particular group of people that have now, and I don't even want to. and, And the worst part about all this is that, as a people, they're the ones that are going to wind up in the same place they were in the 1930s and 1940s if they don't stop it and this is where victoria newland has got to get over herself and stop trying to avenge the death of her you know trying to uh, avenge her ukrainian grandfather yeah how many
0: people have to die vicky good how
1: many people have to die for her friggin for her you know for what she needs therapy for (laughs)
0: <laughs> well what, what's what's the what's the Chinese role here? I mean it, China China seems to be having pretty significant economic and, and debt issues itself. Sure. Uh, do you think that are, are they are they they seem kind of like Italy to me where they're kind of like trying to
1: to find
0: the equilibrium? Is that
1: their position? I think so. I, I think I think Jamie Dimon made it abundantly clear to everybody. We're not going to decouple from China, and anybody who thinks that we're going to is an idiot. And that oil is going to be with us for the next fifty years. You want you, you want my if you want my um, my pick for Secretary of State in the Trump and, Trump administration part two it should be Jamie Dimon because he's been the bo- he's been the most effective diplomat next to Tucker Carlson we have. Um, because because Dimon goes overseas and gets world leaders in the room with him and then speaks. Speaks clarity and truth,
0: right? And people listen to him. Why it, they too.
1: Why, why they went after
0: him?
1: Because mm. he went to Davos this year and he said those words.
0: Yep. No, and that was, and that's completely antagonistic to the Davos yeah, crowd. was like walking Davos in the room crowd. and
1: saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry for farting." Um, but you know, I had a whole, but I, you know, but I'm lactose intolerant and I went and I hit the Dairy Queen on my way in dude, oh, dude, say,
0: saying that we're going to be on oil for the next 50 years and that we're going to stay, uh, working with China is like walking into the Davos room, getting up on the center of the table, taking your pants down and shitting in the middle of the fucking room. Exactly. It's like, crazy. Oh, sorry.
1: I, oh, and then can I borrow your napkin? please? <laughs> I need to wipe my ass. Like, and not even be shameful about it. Like, yeah, no, yeah. no, I need, Klaus, I need your napkin. Because that is, that, is, that is
0: completely counter to everything that they And represent. I'm not even
1: going to get into German scheisse porn. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay, oh. Okay, that was that's terrible. So I shouldn't have done that one. I, my, my partner's going to be mad at me about that. But uh, tough. So the, um, like, they, but yes, that's exactly it. And, and so China's, I, I mean, I'm not as... I'm sympathetic to the view of many who view China as a real, you know, colonial threat, you know, col- you know, you know, colonial-style, you know, imperial threat, and it's in their history. And but at the same time, I also think that the Chinese are, you know, opportunists, and um, all of these factional infighting, all this factional infighting that I'm talking about here, they're helping, opportunistically. They're you know. Yeah. You know they're taking a pawn and moving it here, and you know they, and putting the blocks on the table not here, and they, they're doing their thing, and then and, and and the Russians are going to help them because they have to, and they right. know, they, and the Russians know, Putin knows that eventually in fifty years he's going to have to deal with or forty years he's going to have to deal with China. Well that's the and crazy the, thing. And, and the, the, thing the, is, the whole
0: reason, you know, the whole reason that that Putin wanted to be added to NATO is cuz he's like, "We are ethnically European. We are not yes. Chinese. Don't yes. push
1: us into the arms of the Chinese and they're like they're like, "Fuck you. You're China now." It's like it was yeah. just crazy. And 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 the Chinese and the Russians are going to have to deal with the Chinese at some point point. and the mm-hmm. Europeans are going to collapse. And it's going to be a dark age in Europe for, you know, a couple hundred years and and uh it is what it is. But you know, what the Europeans are saying to everybody is that we're taking everybody with us. Wow. Yeah, it does yeah. feel like no, this way. is literally, this is literally some men just want to watch the world burn. So they're mm-hmm. going to take the United States with, they need to take the United States with them. They're going to take every, and if they can take everybody with them. Then at least we'll be at par and it'll be a, the minimus <laughs> zero, kind of zero sum game. Yeah. C- That's am Communism. Is, this has been my, re- <laughs> this has been my, been my, 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 um my, my read of the game board for a while now. Oh. And what I would say is this, guys like Powell and Diamond and others, I honestly think are sovereigntists. And I think Trump is a sovereigntist. I'm not, again, I'm not advocating for Trump. I'm, I'm over Trump. If he winds up being the nominee or president or whatever, fine. It'll be at least entertaining. It'll probably still suck because, you know, I watched, because sequels are rarely better than the original. <laughs> right. And I'm just not, I'm just not expecting Donald Trump to be the Empire Strikes Back. I'm just not buying it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but at the same time, maybe, you know, maybe he's learned enough. Maybe he knows enough. Maybe, you know, he'll cross if he, if he can even survive any of this, I, hell knows? Like, so I don't know. I mean, uh, I can easily see, you know, no election, but I just don't buy that either. I think that would be really dumb, but again, they're trying to push us into a a moment where they, they, they're egging us on to secede. We are the South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire yeah. United States, we are they're trying to get the Americans to secede. They they want the libertarians and they and they're purposefully amplifying libertarians, I think, in some ways.
0: Interesting. Could be. Makes sense. I mean, we we would be um we would, you know a, a good a good source to to undermine the the federal government and push secessionary movements. Exactly. So that makes sense. And this yeah. is why I,
1: and it's why I get angry with guys, you know, with I I, I get angry with guys who then turn around and go okay well then all of libertarianism must have been a cia construct from the 40s in order for this moment and i just don't buy that's just bullshit that's when i hear stuff like that and i've heard this and i I, I, for once i'm not going to name names but they're out there i've had them referred to me and i think that's all nonsense okay i think libertarianism as a as a philosophy is perfectly reasonable I think it's an excellent critique of central planning and all of the rest of it and I think it's a perfectly reasonable way to to aspire to live your life to and all of that stuff but in the down and dirty world of geopolitics you are like everyone else you are a pawn
0: right because yeah. we are I mean, dealing with people sense.
1: who do not believe in anything other than power
0: yeah and and that's why many in the libertarian camp view the secessionary movement as a as a throwing over the chessboard, but it, it could result in ruin for sure. It's it's Absolutely. yeah, there's no assurance that it would actually improve things because you could end up in uh you know civil war or or, or world war. I mean there's anything's you possible. Up,
1: actually the worst part about it is that you let these fucking inbred motherfuckers off the hook. <laughs> That's the game. The, you, oh, I won the battle, and then they win the fucking game. Like, hmm. what do you Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, they're well, trying it, to save their They're trying to save themselves. Do right. you understand that Europe is their model? And if the United States breaks up under in in a disorderly fashion before the Europe before European Union breaks up, then what fucking capital is left in Europe stays there, hmm. and the United States and all the capital that's that's in the United States gets dispersed. And we wind up in a dark age. They muddle through. The Chinese win the freaking game. And guess what? Those sons of bitches at the motherfucking West all turn around and they buy fucking Chinese stocks, and they get to still live in their mansions. Yep, yep. And they still get to buy their Swiss chocolates, and they still get to pontificate about their bad ideas because the Chinese system is going to wind up right back up at the zero bound because they're freaking communists and they can't yeah. and they can't manage capital.
0: Yep. Of course. And, and because, inevitably.
1: I mean, not because they're communist economically. They're not. They're communist philosophically. Right. And therefore, in order to maintain that, that, that authority system, they're going to have to go back to the zero bound.
0: Yeah. No. you are going
1: to wind up with funny money. Yeah. And well, I mean, because Central
0: central planning always misallocates capital and, and ultimately, yeah. you know, it's, they're going to have to, to, to try so, so, and you know. sustain the system. But here, here's the important question for my audience, because I'm sure they're all wondering mm-hmm. um, assuming your thesis is correct. And Powell does continue to hike and, or at least he keeps it where it's at. I think that sure. these, at these debt levels, that's enough, potentially to create uh, real issues in the in the debt markets and ultimately the equities markets probably drive us into a recession i think that's probably would be in alignment with what powell would like to see because as you said we need to absorb a lot of this capital out of the system mm-hmm. um that that portends a recession do you per, do you foresee that in the not too distant future oh
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. recession is the least of your worries
0: yeah. Okay. So depression, <laughs> depression really? is possible. Like, I thought you
1: were going to give me a hard question. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, well, I'm my, I'm asking okay. for my no, no, audience. I know. Like, I, know. I, I'm I'm just I'm dude. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, um, yeah. Seriously. Um, no. The um, what you should be what you you should be thinking of now is who is okay. We had coordinated central bank policy up until 2021, and then the Fed got out of the game. Actually, the SNB got out of the game when they depegged the euro. You know, now that I think about it.
0: The, that's um, a Swiss the Swiss National Bank.
1: Yeah, the Swiss National Bank. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep me at Don't don't let me don't let me throw too much jargon at you without getting explain without explaining it. When Powell, you know, began stealth tightening in June of 2021, that's when the central bank era coordinated central bank era ended. Right, mm-hmm. the dollar reserve standard has been dead for since 2008, guys. It's like mm-hmm. like stop using that term. It doesn't exist. The trade it, we still have a dollar trade settlement system, but we don't have a dollar reserve standard that's dead because the banking system was dead it's bankrupt so now we have the dollar now we have the credit the, the the coordinated central bank system that that runs from 2011 all the way to 2021 that ended Powell's been raising rates they got off the board the smb the swiss national bank they're off the board the bank of japan just got off the board they just got off the train because they ending yield curve control or tweaking it what that means is that they're going to allow rates to rise to to try and keep capital from outflowing out of of uh, of, of japan they need to oh. stay ahead of they're behind on inflation inflation in japan is running three three and a half percent again manipulated cpi numbers but let's just you know work with the numbers we have not that we agree that we agree with them or that we even like them because i hate them right. all right but you know the japanese ten-year still trading at 66 basis points or, you know, the two years trading at 50 basis points or whatever the hell it is, it's not good. They've got to let the they got to let yields rise. If They do that, that means that the the yen is gonna the yen is gonna fall. Right? Well, they have one of two options. They can either let rates rise or they can let the yen continue to fall. Their only choice. So they're off the bandwagon, right? So the ECB is the last one that they've raised rates, but they were the one that has not wanted to raise rates. The Bank of England has raised rates. Almost gleefully, the Bank of Canada has raised rates almost gleefully, and I can have I have it on good authority that the Canadian banks are backing Powell's play one hundred percent, which is why the truckers, wh- why the people did not lose their bank accounts over the truckers' revolt when the Canadian Senate intervened and stopped the Emergencies Act from going through. That came from the that order came from TD America that t- came from TD Bank North and all and all those. Questions. Wow, interesting. Flat out done. <clears throat> have it on good authority, like directly from those people. Dawn. They back Powell's play in every way. Hmm. Um so who's left of that original set bank seven um, um central banks? The Fed's out, BOJ's out, BOE's out, Bank of Canada's out, back, uh SNB's out, E C B who's left? I C B I don't know. <laughs> okay. They're all good. They're all fucking (laughs) out. So so what Lagarde is doing now is literally just trying to, like with her, like, you know, like with fingers in the dam, trying to keep the, trying to keep doing yield curve control. And the only one, and the only ally she has left is Janet Yellen over at the treasury department. But Mm. Janet Yellen has the problem because remember Davos wants to destroy the United States. How do you destroy the United States? You destroy the United States by getting a suspended in ways that makes drunken sailors ashamed to be drunken sailors. Right. Right undermine the fiscal situation, force the Fed back to the zero bound because we can't afford the debt. And Powell's like, no, it's not my problem. Go ahead, raise a trillion and a half in capital. You're doing it at 6%. But that'll blow out the budget. Exactly. That's exactly what I want to happen. Hmm. I am over this. We are done. Europe is the one that can't handle this. Europe's banks are fucked. There isn't a real bid under German Bund at this point. Okay. So they're all out. They're all done. The whole thing is broken apart. They're in the intense negotiations of who's going to lose. So do you think I that- see it as Europe? And once Europe finally and once the European bond markets finally explode, all that money's going to flow into the United States. The dollar is already starting to rise. We're going to get that. The the US equity markets are going to trade are going to tread water. The Dow is going to tread water. If or if not rise. The dollar is going higher. Gold is going wow. higher. Oil is going higher. Interesting. The collateral-based money is going to get the ground. When, so, debt, so, when the sovereign debt markets start to go, everything, will money will get the ground. And ground means tangible assets. And, and the closest thing in the debt markets are hard assets, which in this case are U.S. Treasuries. So you'll see U.S. Treasuries rise slowly, but you're going to see um, European bond yields explode. Like once once it once they go once lagarde loses control just watch the German tenure and and wait for a move a sustained move above two point five two point six percent because she's targeting shit out of that okay and that That's... then that 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 keeps everything else in the eurozone in place the Italian debt French debt Spanish debt all the rest of it.
0: well that that gives my audience something to actually you know keep an eye on um i what's what I find interesting about that is that I would have expected these elevated interest rate levels to ultimately uh, create a recession in this country, which would usually hurt equities markets. You're you're implying that because it's going to be the strongest of the week, it's a, th- right. that you'll see a bunch of uh, you know foreign capital hit the market to keep equities higher.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we are going to have capital inflow, like you wouldn't believe, because there's going to be a dollar bull wave that's going to light your hair. Well, we don't have any hair, so you know, light somebody's <laughs> hair on fire, um, light like the and, the facial hair on fire. Yeah, yeah, light the facial hair on fire. I, I I just trimmed my beard, so it's not even very much of that because you know I I wanted to look pretty for you today. <laughs> thank you. So, thank you. I, no, dude, you just have you just seeing the wild old man I look like this morning. Um, I don't, you know, so again, I'm not allowed out in public all that often because I'm barely fit for human consumption, but. <laughs> That being said, um, yes, the basic the, the basic ar- argument is that, look, when the s- when sovereign debt, uh, they- look, they're arguing that we're losing control and losing faith in our governments. Well, if we're losing faith in our governments, then we're gonna lose our faith in our government's ability to issue debt. Like everybody's focused, like the entire financial press and Twitter space and everything else, like, oh my God, what's happening with the dollar and the dollar and the de-dollarization, and the dollar the dollar, and it's all this, uh, like, did anybody notice the euro? Mm. Uh, just saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. what do you think? Is uh, these people were these people issued sixteen trillion dollars worth of debt at negative yields? Do you think any of those central banks are are, are solvent? Did so, you so- miss a German auditor coming out and saying the Bundesbank needs a two trillion dollar capital injection? The Bundesbank needs a two trillion dollar capital injection.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, this this is why it's so hard for a lot of people to imagine, including myself, to to imagine uh, a deflationary environment. <clears throat> uh, but if you have all of this capital that's flooding, it's basically exiting sovereign debt. It's going to flood into the American market because the, the global financial market realizes that the U.S. is going to be the one that's defending the dollar. That's deflationary, and, but, and but you see all, assets elevating in that deflation.
1: Dollar, dollar, and there's all this dollar-denominated debt that has to be serviced. Correct. This is Brent Johnson's dollar milkshake theory he's not wrong yes yes like, yes I, he's not wrong I had Brent on the podcast recently we had a great talk I'm sure. and um and he and by the way he hates that appellation dollar milkshake he, he enjoyed it for a little while but he doesn't like it's like and I don't blame him like it's it's a it's it's a meme that's been played it's that's played out but the the argument is you, you you can't ignore the geopolitical imperatives at play here okay and again all the stuff we talk about with the bricks and all this other stuff points towards gold being remonetized and by somebody. And I think the BRICS are gonna do it. And if the BRICS do it, then everybody else is going to be forced to do it. Wow. Because we've removed gold from the system. Let's go back to the original shame-based economy talking point that I I opened the talk with today. Think of it this way. The goal of each iteration as the central, at, at every turn in, since the formation of the Bank of England in 1694, every time there's been a financial panic has been to remove, physical collateral a little bit more from the global financial system at each yep. iteration, right? Yep. We've now gotten to the point where there's almost none. We have some central banks, as Ben Bernanke put it, but we still have gold on our balance sheets, tradition, as far as he's right. concerned, but we don't need right. it, right? They want to go to MMT, central bank digital currencies, and carbon credits as collateral, yeah. right? That there's, there's no collateral there. Yeah, that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. It's all ephemera. I mean, for any for any. I mean, sorry for any you know for any for any Peter Schiff fans in the audience that still thinks that Bitcoin is is useless. At least Bitcoin has scarcity. At least Bitcoin has congealed electricity in the form of numbers. Yep, math. It has something behind it. These people literally have shame. (laughs) Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. I, and I'm shameless, so yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no value there. I've been here for what an hour and ten minutes so far, <laughs> twenty minutes. Like, you know, what shame do I have left? Like, you know, I went to German porn at some point, so um, you know, in order to get a laugh. Whew. Okay, so like I go, the comedy's not good, but it's free, right? So, um, so when you think about that, we've already there. We're there, right? Martin Armstrong has put it. You know, puts it this way all the time. He says. We're at a thousand year low in interest rates. Do you think they're going to go lower?
0: (laughs) 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 Well, we're not, we're not there anymore. I I mean, we were for a very long time,
1: but But we're immediately going to go back to it. No, we've all been conditioned to believe that this is what's going to occur next, but we all did it under the assumption that the Fed was, that it was all one big club and we ain't in it. But right, right, right. clearly, when there, when a a group within that club is faces existential threat, and again, now I'm going to like pull out my libertarian street credit card, beep, and here it is: what are all cartels? Meta stable. One of the great critiques of libertarianism and of Austrian economics is that cartels, price cartels, aren't stable. Eventually, mm. the cartel breaks down because eventually, the price setting by the cartels does not. Does not serve the the needs of members of the cartel, and eventually they break. Yep. Central banks are no different than any other cartel, and if you don't, and if and if you want to argue that point, if you want to argue and tell me that I'm wrong about that, I'm just going to tell you, okay, that's nice. Shut up. Turn in your Libertarian Street credit card at with yeah. the girl at the door.
0: No, you're, like, again, you're clearly right about that. That's the whole like, reason exactly. ESG is going to fail too.
1: Exactly. Exactly, Clinton. You're absolutely. You, bingo. Yeah. So. There, there we are. Like you know, at some point, we don't argue. Um, we can't argue this stuff emotionally, even though it's incredibly emotional. We fall back on first principles. Fall, fall back on those things that drew you to the, the philosophy and to the, uh, into the the arguments in the first place. Like why they were so powerful was because they were so goddamn simple and they were so and they mm-hmm. were so correct. Yep. Right. It's you know I say it all the time. Lies are expensive and the truth sells itself. That's why, libert- that's why Austrian economics is so easy to sell to people. Excuse me. <clears throat> but... So, uh, I was just oh. going to say... Um, Go ahead. So, they're lying to you. They're trying to build a lie-based economy. And they've run out of other people's money to create... To lie Right. Well, you know, the, I think...
0: This is the important thing to end with because I, I've had my own thesis. I updated my audience on uh, recently when it comes to the housing market. Uh, so many in my audience, as I'm sure as well in yours, have been waiting patiently, trying to enter the housing market because much of my audience are you know 20 and 30 year old folks. And sure. um, I, I'm fortunate in that I've owned and sold many many properties over my life, but uh, they they have been waiting patiently i i expected that there would have been uh during the lockdowns uh, no one could or at least i couldn't have foreseen that there was going to be five six trillion dollars that were just infused into the economy during that period but it ultimately delayed the day of reckoning uh there's uh terrible supply shortage in housing. There's only like 1.2 million units for sale right now. Usually equilibrium is around 2 million for it to clear in a normal time. So it seems as if there's still reasons to be bullish, but then you have the countervailing factor of mortgage rates being north of seven again, uh, that which is historically a fairly average rate uh, con- con- counter to what most young people probably feel about them yes. i'm just cur- i'm curious like how do we get back to a, a place of equilibrium because it's not affordable for young people at all um no. but it's also because the material costs are so elevated you really can't add to the inventory builders are scared to death to to build out millions of units to try and meet this market demand i don't know what the fuck breaks first but it just doesn't seem like it's going to last so what's your read um
1: it? it's the same it's the same problem that we're seeing in the car market right used car prices are way too high i mm-hmm. saw an article yesterday trying to tell trying to tell me that that Nissan canceled the Titan because the depreciation, the five year depreciation on it was too high. At seventy four percent. I remember when the five year depreciation on a Jeep Wrangler was the best in the industry at fifty three percent.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. So, like, you know, don't blow smoke up my ass and tell me that my hair's on fire. Like, <laughs> um, the same thing is happening in the housing market. You've got a situation where you've got millions of people sitting on their thirty year mortgages at two and a half, three, three and a half, four percent, and they're not going to sell those. Right. And if they are going to sell them, you're going to have to sell them on the, you're going to have to sell that at a price higher that offsets the increased cost of the financing of getting a new mortgage at 70%, 7%. So, you know, say it's a $300,000 home and it's four points, you know, it's, you've got, and the interest on that, say, so let's just, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's just call it $70,000. in interest over sure. the life of the loan It's probably more than that. It's probably closer to $150,000. So, the, you know, but let's just say, then you got to pony up that extra 70 up front, which is why housing prices continue to rise and uh, home sales continue to be flat or negative, which is why new home sales are rising and existing home sales are continuing to fall. Mm-hmm. So housing prices are going to stay elevated in this environment simply because, of as you put it, supply and demand issues. Guess what? That's commodity cost push inflation. Mm-hmm. Got it in one. Now, lumber prices have, crack, have have pumped and dumped completely. Concrete prices are actually relatively reasonable. Um, you know, like all that stuff is tied to the cost of diesel fuel. A lot of it is like, like you know, like, you know, getting my my load, my 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 private road, Lime Rocked at the, you know, every year I, I, spend a, I spend a little bit of money on getting that thing worked on. You know, Lime Rock has gone from, you know, went from 375 a load to 525 and now it's back to 425. But then again, I expect diesel fuel prices to go back north of $5, $6 a gallon guess Why? Because uh, I think oil is going back to one hundred and ten bucks a, year, a, a a gallon. Interesting. Look, when now now add to the how your your housing thesis the idea that Germans are going to want to get their money out of the European Union. Yeah, and they're going to come over here and they're going to buy indiscriminately. Yeah, the that's, same way that's my did. concern:
0: is the foreign capital just flooding yeah,
1: here? And, I, and, and the same way, but for different reasons that they bought from two thousand. Four to two thousand seven, and blew a housing bubble in Florida that was that made that nearly took down the entire world because the euro was at a dollar sixty, and they came over here and they were buying like they bought my mother's condo, which appreciated in price. No lie, seventy five thousand dollars in four months. Oh yeah, and well my that, that's, been top, my that's been happening. My mother's been happening here again. Yeah, literally top ticked the market because a German couple wanted a vacation property on Marco Island. Yep. Okay, my mother you know, rolled up her, her parents' house and her house and all of that into, you know, more money than she ever thought she would ever see in her entire life yeah. in the space of five years. And yep. I smartly advised her to buy half acre from me, build a small house and pocket the three hundred grand. Nice. Thank well, you. Well know. well done, son. <laughs> I did, uh, yeah. Tell that to the rest of my fucking family who then <laughs> never mind. I don't even want to get into that story. But everybody who knows me has heard that story before how I got fucked by that. But That being said, that's going to happen again, but for the wrong reasons. Now they're going to be fleeing uncertainty Hmm. and fleeing desperation there and they won't give a shit and they're going to drive the dollar to the moon in the process. Hmm. And they're going to do it with, they're worried about a weak Euro and they're going to be trying to figure out how they can, you know, get the return of their capital and the return on their capital. But and, you but you see
0: it you see it as a strengthening dollar and strengthening real estate and equities market.
1: I see a I see in I see a stagflationary environment with a strong dollar, okay. rising bond yields, rising gold, wow. rising tangible assets, rising stocks.
0: Is there a historical cognate that I can
1: look at? Yeah, sure. To? It's called the nineteen twenties.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I Like, it's that's 1920s the only thing I is think over of.
1: Again. It's the same thing. The sovereign debt crisis Christ. in Europe created created that inflow, and Bernanke was wrong. With, you know, and so was Milton Friedman. Again, the if I had to fight anybody, I'd fight Milton Friedman. Right? <laughs> you know, the whole Fight Club thing. If you could fight one person, who would you fight? I'd fight Milton Friedman because he was a fake libertarian. <laughs>
0: I would take John McCain, but you can have you can have freedom. Well, I mean, you know, no, John McCain. You know, like,
1: oh, we're doing this the day after um, the fifth <laughs> anniversary of the death of John McCain's brain tumor, and I, I regret to say that it only had one life to give for its country. <laughs>
0: that, that, that reinstates your libertarian bona fides right there. <laughs> uh, I know. I, 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 I,
1: I... <laughs> oh uh,
0: that's too funny man but, but, hey, no i i
1: love i, I love that line. i used to i used to when i was doing, i used to do the weekly live streams whenever whenever that <laughs> happened i pulled that joke joke out and it was just <laughs> the 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 comment threads would just the chat would just stop <laughs> and imagine. then after about two minutes later everybody's like raffle mouth blah, yeah, right, right, oh right, my right, god right, right. i love you you know it's, like, it's, it's the greatest joke in the world dude it never gets old um
0: man well, that that's that. that this has been, uh, as always, incredibly insightful. Tom Luongo, please tell us, or tell my audience at least, where where they can
1: follow and support you. Sure, you can uh, follow the work, uh, the public work, over at my blog at tomluongo.me. I mean, uh, I'd like to water it more often than I can, but uh, Christ, guys, I, I, it's so very, very difficult at this point. Um, you can follow me on Twitter with a very worst version of me—not the one you saw today, but an even worse version shows up every day. At tfl one seven two eight. And you can, of course, you can sign up with the Patreon at Patreon slash Guns, where you can get the monthly newsletter where we do, you know, where we, we do our big, uh, my partner Dexter White and I do our big look ahead as to what we, we're we seeing and what's, what, what's going on along with our portfolio. And then I do twice weekly market reports um, which are kind of video um, slide presentations with talking points and charts and technical analysis and all the rest of it. Bespoke chart reads for people and, and, and all of it. And as well, you know, I do private blogs for the
0: Whoa. His device disconnected over the odds. Well uh <clears throat> I I greatly enjoyed that. He may pop back in here in a second, but uh I just wanted to say I don't know if Tom Wongo is gonna be right everything, but he his analysis is fucking fascinating and it's definitely worth uh, deep consideration. Oh, he's
1: back. Here we go. One second. I think I made the mistake of like I don't know i I, yeah i just made the mistake of doing (laughs) it and and now it's it's an even weirder thing (laughs) sorry about that
0: no no worries um was there anything else no that was it okay (laughs) well i i was just (laughs) i was just telling my audience uh you know i don't know if you're going to be right everything about everything you know to a t obviously timing is going to be very interesting and there's many variables and many warring factions at play here but i think it's very important that people uh you know kind of break free of the particularly my audience break free of the puritanical libertarian view and just kind of you know you could still keep that philosophy obviously but sure. but analyze all of these different players and warring factions uh, as the the game is played on a on a macro chess level that we uh, we struggle to keep our eye on and honestly i think i think very few people on earth are capable of of doing it how you have just done it over this past hour and a half so i, I really appreciate your time and i hope my audience takes it to heart whether they end up uh, adjusting their investment portfolio or not it was an interesting conversation nonetheless thank you so much tom thank you clinton and uh, i
1: really do enjoy it. and again i you know it one of the things that you just just to, as a as a final note this is a this is for all of us and i've been yelled and I've, I've been yelled at about this and i've had to do it and i've been there which is we all have to up our game it's yeah, easy man. to take the it's easy to just go you know what i don't care and if you want to be that guy and you want to just huddle some gold and huddle some bitcoin and stack some saxon some coins do so but then you're not you're not in the game you're not engaged yeah. and if you're going to be engaged in the fight that's fine but Please don't backbite th- those of us who are act- actually here, trying to do the work and trying to do the hard work to figure out how we can win the, the war. And the war is won via little individual battles and little individual moments. Yeah, it's not. It's not just. Let's just move to the end. If you want to get to the end and 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 flip to the end of the book, great. But you got to read. I, in my in my mind, in my position, I got to read every page as it goes along.
0: I agree. And cool. and it, if you understand the stakes here, which are. Uh, not just ast- not just astronomical but arguably existential i think it's worth being involved and 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 trying to sway the conversation into our worldview and and hopefully guide this thing so we can sure. we can avoid the worst of the potential
1: outcomes so and we do it and we do it in such a way that we we come across as responsible crafters of of, of policy and statecraft right. like, and that's hard yeah. where you have to be a critic and you have to like hold it back and they go look it's you know I'm 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 out here advocating Powell go to seven percent. I want to break as much of this as possible, but at the same time I also realize I may be wrong about that. Like sure. there's a vandal part of me as well that says, well, dude, come on, like seven percent, and mm-hmm. you, maybe he's already done enough. Which is why I do- I, I kind of dodged the question earlier. Is is Powell going to go higher? It's he's going to do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. He may have already done enough. Daniel Yamar Tino Boots thinks he's already done too much. I don't know. I know yeah. that until I see the European Union of smoking ruin and Christine Lagarde's Adam's apple quivering, and she has to wear another friggin', she has to find another neck scarf to cover it up, I'm not satisfied. <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be full and complete destruction of these fucking commies sons of bitches of a particularly <laughs> odious European variety. <laughs> Period. I mean, I'm sorry, but Russian, Russian and Chinese commies are not. They're they're bad. And they're the problem, but they're not. The, these Euro, these Eurocomies are bad.
0: Yeah, man. They're yeah, bad well,
1: people. I, they're I, bad, I, bad people. I've spent and, I mean, I've spent
0: the past couple of years really laying out how dangerous their worldview is. It's it's yeah. it's a it's an amalgamation of the worst ideas humanity has ever attempted to foist upon itself. And I, I, I just anything we can do potentially to prevent that is
1: uh, is mandatory. And those terrible ideas, Clint propagate to infinity at the zero bound. Yeah, facts. There's a corrupt money begets a corrupt society. And facts. when you're at the zero bound, you've got maximal corruption, maximal and maximum corruption within the society, maximally corrupt money. So we've got to get back to real... And, and again, Ron Ron was... Dr. Ron was right about these. St. Ron was right about all these things. Of course he was. Was he right to highlight and the Fed? Absolutely he was. But as a general critique of central banking, but not as a necessarily um, roadmap to how we get to where we need to go. Yep. yep. And right. I think that as a as a as a as a cohort within the con within the within the political um, commentary uh, in the political space, we need to get better into drilling down and saying, "Look, we can do this. Yep. We can fix the budget. We can cut. We can cut. We can roll spending back to 2018 levels. We can throw gold down on the yield curve. We can do all these things that I've talked about in other interviews. Like you and I could do another hour on this. I can explain how to get out of it. I have a I have a plan." And it's not I, even a terrible plan. I've got news for you. It's probably the plan that's already been discussed by the people who are desperately trying to get rest control from the crazies on Capitol Hill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I believe you. All right. With that said, I'll leave that for the next time I'm on. We'll talk about we'll talk about that uh, the next time I'm on. I,
0: I'm I'm sure after this one, people will be uh, DMing me tomorrow, saying, "When are you going to have Tom Longo on?" <laughs> uh if anybody wants you to su- want, Clint,
1: you know, yeah. whenever whatever's good for you, dude. Whatever works so, for your schedule. So. Sounds
0: good, brother. Thank you so much. If anybody wants to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com or you can go and subscribe to me over on Twitter, aka X. I am now monetized, so you guys can support my work there. Uh I appreciate all of the support I've been getting. We're doing twenty thousand plus per episode now. It's amazing. I really appreciate it. Wow. And uh, and hopefully it it's uh, just a sign of not just the beginning of things for me, but for this movement more broadly. And I think that Tom Longo is a very important voice in that. So once again, Tom, I appreciate your time.
1: No, Clint, it was the pleasure was all mine, dude. I mean, couldn't, you know, couldn't find a better way to prep for a hurricane. You guys <laughs> do right. well. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Later, man. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?